Hi everybody, my name is Michael Domingue and welcome to Strange Tales of Myth and Magic. In this podcast, we're going to explore mythology and magic and fairy tales and wives tales and maybe some snakes tales. We'll take a peek at some of the strange legends and stories throughout history and how they affected culture and how they affected me as an artist. So sit back and let me tell you a story. This week's episode, The Boucheau Devils, Ringers of Spring. So last summer, I was in Budapest, and while there, I you know did a little sightseeing, as one does, and checking out the local shops, and I came across a really interesting store. Um, it, it, it caught my eye, mostly because what was in the window were devil masks. Now... Uh, I'm in Europe, right? So what I thought, I thought these were um, Krampus masks. You know, it, it seemed a little early to put Krampus masks on the shelves because it was August. But nonetheless, I go, oh, okay, this is a, a, a Krampus store. So I went in there because these were these were strange masks. They were they were all carved out of wood. They were they were red. They had sort of a little smiley face. Most of them had little painted teeth uh, missing a tooth or two. Their hair was sort of this crazy wool sort of stuff. And a lot of them had, well, some of them had carved horns, you know, meaning like, you know, wooden horns. Um, but a lot of them actually had real life horns on them. And um, they were really cool. And I go, wow, these are amazing Krampus masks. So uh, a store attendant comes up to me and, you know, saw me looking at these masks. And I go, oh, yeah, these are Krampus masks. And they're like, no, 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 no. These aren't Krampus masks. I'm like, what? What do you mean? These are, of course, Krampus masks. And she goes, no, 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 no. These are Bushos. Now, the store attendant proceeded to do the hard sell on me, um, and they were really cool. I, I actually did not buy one, and in hindsight, I really wish I had. But um, she was telling, explained to me that these come from a very particular village um, outside of Budapest, and they come from an area that's about 150 miles south of Budapest, you know, right along the Danube. And it said these masks come from an event that takes place there. It has nothing to do with Christmas and Krampus. Now, those of you who don't know who Krampus is, Krampus is the Christmas devil. He's the devil who is often seen as the sidekick to St. Nick, um, who gives the bad kids, you know, coal in their stockings and all that sort of stuff. But Bouchos has nothing to do with that, other than Bouchos are devils, um, and they hang around during wintertime. Wintertime is an important time, and, and thus they're, they're often seen wearing furry outfits, so as for the mask, they're not demonic looking. I mean, obviously, other than the fact that they're mostly painted red and, and have horns and and I mean, have a certain ferocity to them, but they're somewhat comedic looking. They they do have a comic book quality about them. Um, they they all have this sort of devious sort of smile. I mean, some are jolly smiles, but most of them have this sort of devilish smile about them. And um, they are hand carved. So they're all carved by hand, you know, like with master wood carvers making these things. Now, appropriately, the, the faces are, are more often than not um, painted red, a sort of a bright red color. Now, I, I've been told that actually some of the masks that you can find by these, these makers of such things are actually um, painted in blood. Um, and I don't know how often that happens these days, but I think traditionally that might be how, uh, how they were created. But, but I, I was told that um, I don't know that this shop actually had any painted in blood, but, but who knows? I didn't. My, my Hungarian is good enough to actually get that far in the conversation. Actually, I have no Hungarian. 
So what in the world are these masks for? Because these masks are designed to be worn. Now, they're not necessarily light, um, but they're, you know, they're wooden masks. So these things are, you know, have some weight to them. But people actually do wear these things every year. And the time of year that they wear them is basically the same time as Mardi Gras. Um, It's sort of associated to the events of Mardi Gras or Carnival. So it's it's kind of a Hungarian Mardi Gras in a way, except that it only happens, this event, particular event, only happens in this one village, in Mohac. This one village has this particular event where devils go wild for a week. So basically a week uh, before Ash Wednesday. Six days is actually the, the length. Of, usually it happens in February sometime. So this event is not for the prudish. So um, if you go there and, and you're, you're prudish in nature, um, you might be a little shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Um, because this event is, is a lot of debauchery, drinking, singing, dancing. And that stuff, that stuff's cool. But there's also a bit of, of, of playful sexuality about it also. So be warned if you decide to go. My understanding is that it is impossible not to be involved in this event if you go. Because there's a lot of dancing and singing and hugging and people giving you drinks and people hugging you again. And, and it's a very, very, very social event. Now, devils have often fascinated me, you know, because, you know, devils have such a strange place in culture. Now, you know, some people see the devil and, you know, they don't even want to look at a devil because it's a, a representation of pure evil. Now, in other places, devils aren't necessarily that. In other places, devils are representations of, of nature. You think of Pan. You know, Pan is just, you know, it's 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 natural. It's like, oh, I'm going to go drink and have sex and enjoy life and wander the woods and do whatever my carnal, carnal self needs. And so that is often seen as a representation of the devil. So I think in the case of the Busho, um, the Busho is a is a devil that um is there to enjoy life, saying, you know, I don't need these restrictions, I'm going to take life and I'm going to enjoy it. And that, of course, is often associated with like Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday. It's like Fat Tuesday is a big celebration because you have to give up something after that because it's the beginning of Lent. So you you have to sacrifice something. So right before that, you do everything. Woo, it's crazy time. And that's what this devil represents. Now, that said, there's a little bit more to this devil. Historically, this devil is much more complex than just a devil who's out to have a good time. The history goes that basically this area, way back in the Ottoman Empire era, um, you know, was overrun by Turks. And it's said that the residents of Mohac, um, that they fled into the nearby swamps. And, you know, they lived there for many years and, you know, trying to avoid getting caught or seen um, by Ottoman, Ottoman troops. Now, this seems like a pretty miserable existence, if you think about it. It's, you know, living on the swamps off the Danube, um, you know, eating, you know, who knows what you eat in swamps? Frogs. Maybe these people had to eat frogs. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. But anyway, so the people were sort of pushed out of their town, out of their village, and they were hanging out in the swamps. And of course, they're miserable and everything sucks because you live in a, in a friggin' swamp. 
But as the story goes, one night, the villages are huddled around the, the communal campfire, and um, all of a sudden, a stranger shows up, an old man. And they're a little bit leery, because you nobody know, recognizes this guy. It's like, who's this dude? You know, what, Where's he from? I mean, he looks like he's, he's part of their village, but he's not. Nobody knows who he is. So, you know, they're a little bit cautious about the dude. But they, you know, invite him over to the, the campfire and offer him some spiced wine and, and, and allow him to warm up. And, and he proceeds to tell the villagers of Mohach, or the former villagers of Mohach, um, not to worry, because good things are on the horizon. They will soon be able to return home. Um, he said, there, there are a few things that you guys will need to do, though, before you can return home. And the first thing you need to do is you need to prepare for battle. So, you know, it's like, you know, calisthenics and, you know, start, start you know, exercising and push-ups and, you know, push-ups and swamps are kind of tough to do, by the way. But anyway, so, you know, get get fit, do, do all this sort of stuff, get ready. And then, of course, you need some weapons. So start carving some weapons out, you know, and, and I would assume the weapons were made of wood, so they would carve spears and carve little wooden little wooden swords and that sort of thing. And then he said the other thing, and this is really important, the other thing you need to do is carve scary scary wooden masks. This is crucial. Um, so, so do all this stuff and then a stormy night will come. Lightning, thunder and when that night comes, um, a masked knight is going to appear. And he's going to appear out of nowhere. You go, holy crap, where'd this guy come from? And then that will be your sign. Listen to him. Whatever he says, you must do. So the old man takes off, says, see you later. Good luck. And um, so the the villagers are kind of looking to each other going, well, you know, is the guy crazy? And they go, well, you know, what do you got to lose? So they do what he said. They they start carving weapons. They start carving masks. They're doing their calisthenics. They're getting fit. They're practicing. They're doing all this stuff. And then a few days later, night rolls around and all of a sudden a storm starts. Clouds, lightning, thunder, crazy storm. And as was foretold, a masked knight appears. And he says, all right, you guys ready? I'm going to have you follow me. We're taking back Mohach. So he says, we're going to go into the village. And when we get into the village, make sure your masks are on. And I need you to make as much noise as possible. And not just noise. You need to do crazy noise. You need to be monstrous noise. You know, you need to reach deep inside and pull out the animal in you and bring that out. If you do what I say, you will be able to return to your town of Mohach. So the villagers sneakily creep up to their village. The Ottoman Turks are, are hanging around on guard. And then all of a sudden, crazy noise, loud noise, blasting noise. The demons have, you know, have arrived at town. They're, they're, they're like yelling and screaming. The Ottoman Turks are, are, are kind of freaked out because they just see this group of devils. They see these monsters. And as the tale goes, they are so freaked out. They just split. We're like, dude, this is crazy. I am out of here. This is a devil town, and we are done. And, you know, so the devils come back in. They, they take their town, and everybody gets to move back 
and the the Ottomans are 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 long gone, and and since then, um, the Mohachians, I don't know if that's correct, um, uh, were able to live in peace in their community because you know they were town of devils after all. So the Turks didn't bother with them. Now, when I originally um, heard this story, I, I only heard blips through sort of um, broken English from the store, the, the storekeeper that I went to see in, in Budapest. And, um, you know, she was saying that the, the Turks were very superstitious and that they, you know, that that these masks, you know, really freak them out because they, they're just very, very superstitious by nature. I have no idea if that's, that's actually true um, historically. But then again, I, I don't know that much of this tale is true. But it sure makes for a good reason to, to have a party. So fast forward to these days. And um, what you have is a, a celebration of the return of the Mohach villagers. Um, and it, it's a huge annual event. So let me give you a, um, a little taste of what, what actually happens during the event. Now, you know, like many festivals and that sort of thing, what you're, what you're going to find um, is, you know, the craftsmen. And you'll find little little stands selling the the, the bouchoche masks. Um, you'll find um, spiced wine. You'll find fruit brandy. Now, the spiced wine and the fruit brandy are, are imbibed night and day by the locals. And, of course, there's a lot of music, a lot of dancing, a lot of celebration. And, and that's... That sort of escalates as the week goes on. Now, the artists who are carving these masks, you, you would notice that uh, each mask is going to be a little bit different, or at least each mask made by different artists is going to have a little bit of a different quality to it. But there are also bouchot groups. So in other words, you'll have a group of bouchot who come from maybe a neighborhood, and they all have kind of a similar outfit. And um, they put together a float or a, or a, a group that do a, a little parade. So there's a series of parades and events and, and wandering around. So you have the different bouchos groups. Now, um, towards later in the week, you get neighboring bouchos coming across the river. Um, usually in canoes, you'll see little, little canoeing devils crossing the Danube. And um, then they come in and join the, join the festivities of drinking and dancing and singing and playing music and all the things that happen with a good devilish party. Now, it is said that um, historically, I have no idea if this is true to current day, but the party gets so raucous that um, there are lots of people conceived during this time. And it's said that historically, anybody conceived during this period, that their their legitimacy could not be questioned during um, the whole Bouchos festival, the whole carnival festival. Sort of the what happens in Mohach stays in Mohach. Now, I've seen some videos from the Krampus Parade. And, you know, it's interesting because like the Krampus Parade has a different feel about it. I mean, because a lot of the Krampuses are actually really kind of scary looking. And when you see the 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 Mohach devils, um, there's not quite the same um, demonic feel about it. it it's definitely they're, they're kind of like big teddy bear devils. You know, they, they're they fluffy. They're made of wool, right? So I guess that would make them, them fluffy. But but um, they, they definitely seem to be a little more playful. They're, they're, they definitely aren't um, designed to be as fearful. Now, I have no idea what the original masks look like. Um, you know, they might have been more fearful because, you know, they had definite intent. But but these days, the the Mohach devils, they they seem to they, they seem to be a little jollier. It looks like they're 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 ready for a good time and, and not so much for battle, but um, up for a bit of drinking and carousing for sure. 
So all these festivities have a big crescendo. It has a, a finale, a big fiery finale in which a, a human effigy, a straw, large straw character is brought into the, the town square. And then as everybody's around, it is lit on fire until it becomes just a smoldering bit of ash. Sort of a sort of a, a Hungarian burning man with less nudity and, and probably less hallucinogens. Now, this is called The Burial of Farshan. Now, a similar event actually kind of takes place in Transylvania. And uh, this is an event that differs in that there's not a bonfire with a human effigy. In that, in their case, it's actually a coffin that's taken to the town square and then smashed to bits. Now, in both cases, what the smashing of the coffin and the burning of the effigy is, that is symbolic of the scaring away of winter. So, sure, the devils of Mohach are doing devilish things. They're drinking and carousing and, and causing mischief and all that sort of stuff. But but they're serving a purpose. I mean, in one case, they were, they're they're kicking out the, the Ottoman troops. And the other case, they're, they're scaring away the, the cold winter and, and allowing spring to ease in. You know, that dark season, that dark, dark time is a frightening time when you're in cold regions, especially when you think back to the olden days when winter was a really fearful, fearful thing. So as an interesting aside, um, I have a good friend, Sue Urquhart, who was recently um, down in Oaxaca, Mexico. And this was um, right actually during the same time, exact same time that the events in Mohach were taking place. And as it turns out, in a small little village outside of Oaxaca called San Martin Tilcajete, there is a devil carnival. Now, this is a village I know well because this um, is the village where a lot of the hand-carved wooden animals from Oaxaca come from. So the alebrijes, which are the, the, the wooden animals that, that are usually sort of these, these fanciful painted, almost psychedelic painted creatures. Now, the devils of San Martin Telcajete, they're not wearing big wool outfits. And, you know, of course, this is Mexico. Um, the climate is a little bit different than in Hungary. Um, no, um, they're actually wearing more loincloths. And then they're wearing devil masks. And then they're covering their bodies in, in body paint. And sometimes it's not just body paint. It, it could be sort of a dried pigment or a mud. Or in some more extreme versions... They are covering themselves in motor oil and just coating their skin with this black, gooey yuck. So, so like the Bouchos devils, they're out trying to hug you, and you really kind of want to stay away from the, the motor oil boys, I tell you. While Sue was there, she actually sent me a photograph of, of her coated in oil after, after being hugged. I got to watch out for those devils. Now, I posted some of Sue's photos from this event on my blog, you know, as sort of a resource. So you can see some of the some of the photos she took in San Martin, but also some photos of the Bouchos Festival and the Bouchos masks and, and that sort of thing. So so make sure you check it out at www.michaeldomingue.com forward slash blog. So I, I asked Sue, like, you know, the meaning of it. I was wondering if there was a connection, you know, between what the symbolic connection is, you know, with the devils there and, and how it might play off the 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 Bouchot devils. And um, 
basically, as Sue explained it to me, what, what she was told was that these were a way of sort of purging your inner demons. So it, not dissimilar from Fat Tuesday of like doing all your devilish stuff and so you can make your sacrifices. So, you know, very much tied into the tied into the the Catholic tradition. You know, but it's often hard to know the, the source of some of these things. You know, my understanding uh, about the festival in Mohach is that um, this tradition was happening before the whole Ottoman, you know, taking the Ottoman out of, of the village. Um, my understanding is this this was a winter celebration, you know, prior to that. Now, whether or not they were wearing devil masks, you know, it's hard to know. You know, history kind of things sort of drift away and it's hard to know the source of some of these tales and legends. I have to admit, one of my favorite things is seeing how myths, legends, fables, stories, how they they can actually happen on opposite sides of the planet. Now, in some cases, you can actually follow the little the little trail that, that leads to why these two places actually have a similar event. Um, in other cases, they're synchronistic. They, they literally just popped up. And then you wonder, is there something built inside of us? Is there some human need that... that creates this consistency in, in art and celebrations and music that they can span an entire globe without any contact whatsoever. Now, one thing I would say about these events, whether they be in Mexico or, or Hungary or wherever, um, there is some value in um, being able to, to let your devil out. Um, to be able to to let it out and to to let it sort of you know dance it out and to sort of you know put on a mask or in my case you know it might be taking my devil out and putting it in art. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that because you know we all have anxieties, we all have fears, we all have these things being pent up, and so by by taking those things, those little devils inside of us, and letting them letting them loose, letting them play in a safe, acceptable environment. Um, I think is is a healthy way to go about it. So I see these events as things that that don't just address you know the the kicking out of the Ottomans, that don't just address the kicking out of winter, but but rather I I see these events as also allowing individuals to to address their inner demons, to to you know face their fears, face the anxiety, face the dragons that that are sort of lurking around, and they allow you to bring it out into the community because everybody's got this stuff, everybody is faced with these sort of creepy crawly monsters inside their head. And so an event like this and, and even an artwork, um, those are ways of bringing it out in a healthy way in which you can share yourself with the community. And it's a way of doing it that is constructive and not destructive. One of the rituals that I do, I mean, almost every morning, I try and do it every morning, is I do what's called a morning monster. And, you know, first thing of the day, I have my coffee and I draw a little monster. And, and the reason for that is to allow that monster, to, for me to put into that monster, and usually they're sort of goofy, comic-looking monsters, for me to put, you know, my anxiety, my stress, and, and all that stuff, all the, all the dark things into that monster. Now, this started because when I was a kid, I used to have dreams with monsters. And I, I was told by my mother to, well, okay, so if you have a monster, um, draw it. You know, draw the monster in your dream. Because, you know, the thing is, when you're drawing something, when you're creating art about something, um, suddenly I had control over it. When I was making lines, when I was making drawings um, about the things that scared me, suddenly I was in control of that situation. The monster wasn't anymore. So bringing out the devil is not necessarily a bad thing to do. And it can actually be a rather healthy thing to do.
And who knows, you know, the flowers might start to bloom too. That would be a bonus. Well, that's it for this episode, everyone. Thanks for joining me. And if you want additional resources, go to michaeldemang.com forward slash blog, and you'll see images, artwork, lots of goodies that might relate to what we've discussed. And while you're at michaeldemang.com, you might as well take a little peek at some of the strange, bizarre artwork I create. You can also check out classes I teach around the globe as well as online. So until we meet again, I'll be mything you.